Hello everyone, welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host Yolanda and on today's episode we have a special guest, Kesley Tweed of Iron Gypsy. Now Kesley has been on the podcast before. She is a Reiki student of mine and she also helps people with their relationship with their bodies, relationship with themselves, um, how they are just relating to life, their path, their purpose. She has also recently gone all the way into astrology. And I mean, there are just so many tools in her belt. And what she came to discuss with us today is vulnerability. Now, one thing about her, when she came on our first episode, she shared the battle she had with perfectionism and trying to be perfect. And she was very vulnerable, in fact, in that episode. And then today, as you will find, she is sharing her heart with us again about the power of vulnerability, but also what she has learned in this past year of allowing Reiki to be a tool for her own self-healing, her own spiritual development, and what this all has meant for her. I'm sure there is so much that you're going to relate to. But another interesting thing happened. Because she is exploring astrology, I asked for her to do a chart reading for me. So the day after this episode, I received a chart reading from Kesley. And a big theme in my chart was vulnerability, very specific to relationships, which also ties into this Venus in retrograde that we are all experiencing now. Venus is retrograde in Scorpio. And that Venus energy is just dancing throughout this month because the new moon, which was in Libra, um, is ruled by Venus. The sun is in Libra, which is ruled by Venus. And our full moon at the end of the month will be in Taurus, which is also ruled by Venus. So this relationship energy is huge. And this component of vulnerability is so important to understand, even at the level of being vulnerable with ourselves. So get comfortable and as always, enjoy the show. Okay, so I have to say I'm super excited that we have Kesley of Iron Gypsy back on Reiki Radio again. Um, I was looking back to see what you shared with us last time, and you were very open and honest enough to share how to overcome perfectionism. And so I'm really excited to have you back again. In your honesty, my Aquarian sister, welcome Kesley. <laughs> Yes, it's great to be here, back back on Reiki Radio, and just anytime we get to share space, it's wonderful. Yes, and do you realize, I mean, it was such a while ago, you know, I mean, time is going by so fast. So one of the first things I wanted to ask you, because I know we'll be talking a lot about vulnerability today, which is a huge topic, um, what has been going on with you personally in your practice and experience and opening up with Reiki and meditation and all of the beautiful tools that you've learned, just kind of like what's been going on with you since we last got to speak to you? Oh, Yolanda, that not that a loaded question. 
Um, well, I think vulnerability is a great topic today because really the whole last year, it's been kind of um, an emotional roller coaster, a lot of really high highs, yes. some moments of intense, like, wow, what is going on? What is this that I'm feeling? This doesn't feel good necessarily. Um, but a lot of awakening moments, a lot of feeling things that I had held back from feeling for a really long time. Yeah. Um, I said yes to Reiki. I had no idea what this journey would be like. I mean, I really was just curious. I have a curious mind. And so I thought, Reiki, that sounds cool. And <laughs> the health and fitness and healing and meditation. But I had no idea the the spectrum of emotions and things that I would experience and this greater awareness that all of it has brought me. So um, that's kind of high level, but specifically I've been really looking closely at Iron Gypsy and my business. Um, you know, what continuing to be a gypsy, what that identity even means for me and what that means for me long-term. So yeah. things like where I'm going to live and if it's time to put down roots. Um, I've been spending a lot more time with family. So kind of like re-looking at a lot of the patterns and conditioning that I grew up with and whether or not that is still me mm -hmm. um, and kind of sorting through and just, I think, coming to a new place of understanding with family and friends and people that I've known for a really long time, along with the new understanding that I have of myself. Um, it's honestly been beyond um, the emotions and the vulnerability piece, a lot of learning to surrender, a lot yeah. of learning to let go of identities that I thought were me or things that I thought I needed to be or do in order to be me. Um, <clears throat> and so really relooking at like, who am I really? Mm -hmm. And what am I here to do in this world, really? That's and such a beautiful thing. I mean, the, the word that's jumping up, I guess, is like, you know, the re-identification, you know, reconnection. And even, it's funny, we're recording this on the new moon and the new moon in Libra. You talk a lot about relationships and connections with family and friends. Venus is in retrograde right now. Yeah. But it's, well, you're like speaking to exactly even the energies going on for all of us right now. But the re-identification. I really wanted to um, ask you about that because I think what happens in this is a lot of people have an idea of what the path is going to look like and they have an idea of what it will look like or mean to be spiritual or to be whatever it is they are planning on. But as I'm sure you can attest to, what actually happens is beyond anything we can't imagine. So in this, like reconnecting with yourself in new ways, re-identifying, and even these moments of like being initiated into deeper levels of self-connection, even though it's tough, what have you really learned or revealed to yourself about you and maybe even life? Well... I'm so glad that you mentioned the Venus retrograde and the new moon in Libra because what's coming up for me to share is, so first of all, I'm an Aquarius sun, but I'm a Venus rising. And so what I've really realized, and I remember you telling me this very early on, Yolanda, because 
when I first met you, I was really in this path of like reuniting with my feminine energy. I really felt like I got out of that and I was in this very masculine version of myself. And I remember at one point you telling me like, sometimes you have to take things apart and study this, the separate parts before you can put it back together again in a way that feels full and that feels authentic to you. And I think that's a lot of what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, in even in this, we'll call it spiritual journey, like I kind of always thought, like you said, like love and light and sunshine and rainbows. But in order to really find our place of harmony and our place of balance, sometimes we have to go through extremes, whether that be in um, things that we do, experiences that we have, or emotions that we feel. Mm-hmm. And so, like for me, I learn a lot from going to extremes in my life, you know, like one, you know, two, three years ago, my life, my job was everything. I was living the corporate world. I was like all in. And then I took a swing completely in the opposite direction (laughs) and went all in on building my own business and the spiritual path and fitness and being a coach and sold everything that I owned, like not everything, but almost (laughs) everything that I owned, gave up a permanent residence after I had lived in the same place for six years. It was like, I do this thing of extremes and what this journey has brought me is to realize that where the real me is, is somewhere in between those extremes. And that's where I am really right now is kind of finding this harmony again. Like I thought the spiritual path for me, or even this path of, you know, finding greater love within myself, greater wisdom, harmony, peace, self-development, personal growth, whatever you want to call it. I thought the path would mean like entrepreneur, coach, um, you know, just certain things. There were just certain things I thought I had to be or do or look like. And I took it all apart and now I'm assembling like certain things back together again. Like I'm actually back working in a similar job to what I was doing when I was in the corporate world, doing consulting work. I'm doing that alongside coaching and Reiki and astrology and all these other things. And I'm putting the pieces back together again. I've had a lot of people who kind of were out of my life and some of the, the relationships I had when I lived in that world kind of come back in. And I'm seeing myself in a new light and all of that is taking on a different, a different feel. And it feels more like me this time, even though I'm back in some of the same situations, some of the same elements of my life that I completely got rid of and cast away because I didn't think it was the path for me. It wasn't the real me are now back. And I'm like, wow, this does feel like the real me. But I have to say, I'm glad that you bring that up because a lot of people think that their spiritual life or the spiritual journey has to be very separate from, you know, a more traditional lifestyle. And, you know, people get really afraid of losing their spirituality by associating themselves with more of a traditional life or people who may be on different paths. But the beauty in all this, I mean, you really speak to two things. One, the duality, the duality within ourselves, the duality in this life, and how it really is about finding that harmony within ourselves. Like, that's what all of this is about at the end of the day. But also, um, I, I love that you have recognized your ability to be spiritual and in your practice of whatever that looks like to you, even in incorporating back these traditional lifestyles, because that works for you. And I think that's the thing is people want to model 
their path or think it has to look like other people and all of these things when there will be certain things that you value, like certain stabilities and securities that may be very important to you, Kesley, as a person yeah. who can also bring into that these spiritual principles and who you are. So have you noticed a difference in even how you're showing up in you know, the corporate world, now that you have taken that pendulum swing all the way into like, you know, yeah. the spiritual side. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, a lot of people have said that like, they notice a bit of a difference in me and how I show up. Um, like the light in my eyes or just how I handle stress, things like that. But I think for me, it feels completely different. It feels a lot lighter. And some of the conversations I'm having with people, I never would have had before. Um, I always had this fear of like really being myself in that world, in that environment, because, um, I wanted to be a leader. I wanted to be a manager. I wanted to be respected. And, you know, I always felt like I didn't know enough or like I wasn't old enough or mature enough or, you know, all the limiting beliefs that we have about yes. ourselves or wasn't needed to prove myself in some way or, um, you know, there were, there were actually some messages that I received from certain people um, very early on that were like, well, you can't just be nice. You can't just be a nice person. Like you've got to prove yourself in this world. Um, there were some really like challenging moments when I first stepped into that world, but also some very beautiful moments where I really started to find myself even when I was in that environment. Um, but I'm definitely just seeing a change in the way I feel, the way I show up the way I'm a lot more brave in the conversations I can have with people and be like, actually be vulnerable, be myself, say like, Hey, I practice Reiki on the side or, um, yeah, this morning before the meeting, I, you know, I did my meditation practice or whatever, you know, I get into a lot of conversations about people on astrology because people, I just ooze it. I just love it. I talk about it. Yeah. I can't leave it out. And so it's just now become part of who I am and the conversations that I have and, you know, some people feel like maybe are kind of like curious, like that's interesting or that's different or maybe even uncomfortable. Um, but I've become so comfortable in it that it just, it is me. I can't turn it off anymore. See, that's the key. I, yeah. in listening to you, I'm like, it's interesting because I think we all go through various roles in our lives and yeah. wanting to fit into different um, roles and personas and, you know, whatever, job titles, you know, just all the different labels that we have throughout this experience, but it sounds like you are now just authentically you, no matter which role you're in. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, you may be in a role, but the character is always you. It's yeah. not that you're getting lost in the role itself, but you're sturdy in who you are in coming into that role and making it however you define it. Yes. Yeah. You know, and it's, it is, it has been very healing because I think my whole life, as you said, I was always searching for this thing. Like I even think back to like when I was younger in high school and I was involved in a lot of different things. I was in sports and band and choir and drama and speech. And it always kind of bothered me because like, I didn't really fit in with one group. I never really felt like I had like a thing that was me. It was like, I was all these weird things. And you know, like I think as an Aquarius, we kind of like always feel like we're like the weird one, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm are. We're kind of the offbeat one. And what I realized is like, no, that's who you are. Like you're born to have a lot of different interests. You're born to enjoy a lot of different things and have a lot of different, 
I think the other really healing thing is like embracing all the different parts of yourself yes, and all the different emotions. So like, I really <clears throat> held a lot around like wanting to show up as this like happy, like upbeat, positive person all the time. And I was really afraid to let anybody see me for anything less than that. I had to be strong. I had to have it all put together. I mean, we had many conversations on this, Yolanda. Like, yeah. I think you saw it the first time you met me. Like, there's something more of a new Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I just held so much of that in. And that's where the vulnerability piece came in was like, I was afraid to feel anything but happy or joyful or to look at the shadow or look at the areas that were uncomfortable. And um, I'm not going to say that, that I surrendered to that process easily, but you know, you have enough moments of this hurts too bad to continue to keep up this facade and eventually you let it fall and you cry it out and you get back up again and say, wow, I actually feel better now. That's kind of how it's worked for me. <laughs> well, you know, there's two parts to this. I mean, because one thing I want you to talk about that you said that really struck me in our recent conversation we had behind the scenes was that you were learning to feel your emotions. And I think that is so powerful because I think a lot of us don't even recognize that we don't know how to feel our emotions, right? But when you were just saying what you were saying, one of the things I have to say when I first met you it speaks to a lot of our programming, right? So aren't you like the eldest of your siblings? And yeah. I mean, that puts like certain pressures on us. And then you were, you know, in the fitness world, like doing pageants and things. And so there's a very specific type of way you show up in these. So it's like you've had so many different um, opportunities or experiences of conditioning where you would have to be the strong one, the pretty one, the perfect one, the together one, all of these things. So I think it's, it has been amazing watching this process for you, which by the way, I mean, as much as you might think like, oh, this was like, I was in resistance, you kind of cracked pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know, I don't even think I cracked my own. I think, I mean, I believe it's just part of your path for some yeah. reason. And for some reason, I knew that you were the right teacher and you really helped me. I mean, I don't know. There was, I was in Costa Rica. It was about a year ago yes. when the cracking open happened. And I, I can't even describe I can't even describe it. It was just this feeling of like, something's got to give, something's got to change. I'm so uncomfortable trying to hold it all together. And, you know, I can't say that like I wasn't functional or that I lost it or anything like that. Right. It was just this, like, I just needed to cry. I needed to feel, I needed to learn how to feel my emotions and give myself the permission to do that. Um, and a lot have, of what I've also, Go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to ask you because I also was a person who had to learn how to feel my emotions because I didn't realize I was so heady. You know, part of that yeah. Aquarian thing too, we're very logical, like, oh, there's a problem. Let me figure it out up here. I'm not, you know, do you have a way, and even in your coaching and working with people, like even just one um, suggestion to help people understand what that means? Like, what do you mean feel my emotions, especially for people like us who had a hard time with that? It starts with a permission, but if I were to give kind of an easy tip or trick for me, it's music. Mm. 
honestly. And I think I've seen it work with a lot of clients too. I mean, meditation always helps and journaling, but when I'm in that state of like meditation or journaling, I can tend to be in my head. I'm not actually feeling music is the only thing that I've found that without the conscious, like real, like falling apart without the falling apart. Um, I can get myself there when I know I need to get there. And so what I'll do is I'll play a song that I know is going to be a tearjerker. I know is going to bring out whatever it is that I need to connect with and feel. Um, It's, you know, like that works for me. I'm not so sure that that's definitely going to work for everybody. But I think if I were to pick like one thing, that seems I think that's amazing. I mean, like listening to you, I'm like, oh my God, that's like the best advice ever because- I mean, music, it does. It touches us. Like we hear songs and we're, you know, put in the mood to dance, to party. And then there are ones absolutely that send us right into tears and all of these things. So that's a great, a great um, point. So is it something like, can you tell when you are feeling full of something? Like, can you tell when there's something off? Like, do you ever feel like, oh, there's something trying to move and I I just, I'm, yeah. Not <laughs> the more, the more I feel myself resisting. So like the busier I try to make myself, the more critical I become, um, the more blocked off I am in terms of like, really like having conversations with people who I know could like ask the right questions. Right. That's how I know when something needs to be released. Um, also like physically. Physically, it shows up for me. I start to become exhausted. I get a lot of aches and pains. I might come down with some kind of a weird like thing for a couple days. I'm exhausted for a couple days. Like it really for me, it hits me physically as well. Isn't that amazing? So that's like another good thing too, like people to have awareness of themselves, which again, all of this kind of brings you into deeper awareness of yourself. But another thing you said, um, when we spoke before this was a big part of this was you learning how to release the fear of being vulnerable. So I have to ask, because a lot of people have that fear. What was it for you? Like what, what did it mean that was so, you know, that would invoke fear in you about being vulnerable? You know, we hear a lot about, you know, positivity and positive thinking and like, don't let yourself go there. You're going to get stuck there. You've got to stay in the positive. Look at the positive. Always look at the best. Always, you know, find the best in every situation. Um, So whether it's in the self-development world or law of attraction stuff, there's a lot of teachings out there that kind of point us in that direction. So I think that was a part of it is that conditioning. Um, But secondly, this fear of, that's going to hurt. And am I strong enough to pull myself out of it? It is almost like this fear of getting sucked in. I mean, I know there's always the perception piece of like, you don't want to be seen as weak, but I'm not going to say I was like, I wasn't running around presenting myself to the world as like weak and vulnerable necessarily. Right. This was in privacy. Like the biggest fear was this fear of allowing myself to feel and to sink into those emotions of sadness or anger or whatever it was. And like what I've been able to develop from like allowing myself to feel that and then pulling myself out of it and really feeling like the power of hitting a really low point. They say it's always darkest before the dawn and then seeing the light and being like having this epiphany moment of weight. I'm strong enough to overcome this. Like there is, it's almost addictive. Like there is nothing (laughs) as powerful as that feeling of like, no, it's going to be okay. I'm strong enough. 
But yeah, allowing myself and getting that belief in myself because we've all suffered heartbreak. Like I, you know, um, I went through a divorce about eight years ago and that was one of the biggest heartbreaks that I've ever been through. Um, and I repressed that for a really long time and I did it through work. I did it through working out. I did it through drinking and partying and crazy social life. Um, and it was because I was afraid of feeling that kind of hurt. I didn't understand like, it's okay to allow your heart to be broken and it's okay to love that deeply and for it not to work out. And you can pick yourself up again and put yourself back together and rise up from that. And I just, I, I didn't understand that that was a way to do it. I always thought that like dealing with things meant getting strong and tough, not allowing yourself to feel it and then pulling yourself out of that place. I, I just, I didn't realize there was another way, honestly. That is so beautiful, Kesley. Cause again, I think it speaks to so many of us and having that fear, like everything that you just said right now, I was like, Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. That is so, I mean, I hear this, I've had my own experiences with it, but I hear it also in clients um, and everyone else. But one of the things I want to ask you about this, it, it reminds me of a lot of people end up regretting and they get stuck in the regret. Like, so for example, the divorce, people will regret what they did do, what they didn't do, what they should have done, what they, you know, and they just get so stuck in that story of regret. Is there anything in this that like, did you have that period of time or how in this being vulnerable with you, were you able to either work through that or bypass it or what, how was that for you? Oh, the regret. So for me, I think I went through that because our process was over a long period of time. The breaking down of the relationship went over a long period of time. And so I think a lot of the regret happened when we were still in, technically in the relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, overcoming the regret was allowing myself the time that I needed to make the decision when I was ready to make the decision. And, you know, whether that's doing work on your own emotions and feeling like we have to get to a place where it hurts to, it hurts more to stay where you are than it does to allow yourself to transform and to move out of that situation. And I think, you know, whether it's anything, like at some point you just know I'm stuck and I don't want to be stuck anymore. It's time to move forward. And so the regret piece um, obviously always the regrets, but one thing that I've coached a lot of clients through that really helped me when it comes to any relationship or healing in terms of, um, heartbreak of any type is, you know, how was that person or that relationship a mirror for me? How was that a mirror for where I was and what can I learn about myself at that point in time for who that person was and how they showed up in my life? Right. And then secondly, how were they a teacher? Or how was there a gift? Like, what did I learn? So I guess, you know, like from a very young age, my mom especially always told me like everything happens for a reason. And even though it was really hard, I always kind of saw it as like, yeah, all of that, it didn't happen to me. It happened for me to help me evolve, to help me rise from it, to help me grow, to bring me to greater understanding. And, you know, um, all of it, all of it, every heartbreak I've ever been through, um, there's always been a gift that I've always seen, chose to see that person as 
or that experience as a teaching or learning growing opportunity. I think the key word there that you said is chose. And I think a lot of times we don't recognize the choice we have. And sometimes, you know, people think that they are supposed to feel or respond a certain way or, you know, again, like what was taught or passed down. And so they don't recognize you don't have to see things, you know, in any way that feels limiting to you. It does come down to choice and when you are ready to do things differently or whatever. But another thing you said um, a few minutes back was the importance of being vulnerable with ourselves. So even if someone is having a hard time with maybe like speaking their truth out loud or being vulnerable with another person, there is that aspect of just being vulnerable with you, even behind, even if you don't tell anyone else, yeah. being honest and vulnerable with you is like one of the most powerful things. So was that something that came easy for you or was that always also something you had to kind of work on doing? It's definitely something I had to work on doing. I think like you shared, I was always pretty good at like logically processing things, mm -hmm. processing experiences or how I wanted to learn from something. But sometimes in order to really evolve and transform, we not only have to logically analyze something, we have to bring ourselves through the range of emotions, the plethora, the crazy kind of up and down and all around that you know, needs to happen in order to truly process and truly let go. Like, I think we can, we can let go of something like logically and be like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not hurt. I'm done. Like I'm healed. My, my heart doesn't hurt anymore. I'm ready to move on, but we can't really let go until we felt, mm -hmm. we felt the pain. We felt the you know, the anger, we felt like you said that, that feeling of regret. And then once we've felt those things, that's when we can really transform and say like, okay, I felt this. I need to look at this. What's at the root of this? And how can I actually choose to see it in a new way? You yes. know, again, seeing it as a way to grow and learn. And how can I see it as life happening for me instead of life happening to me? It reminds me of, I have a really good friend who's also in the logical boat arena like how we were and um they would you know tell me logically like what they processed how they processed it how they processed it i'm over it blah 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 all of these things and so then some time would go on and something would trigger that thing and yeah. they would be highly upset and like oh they were just like pissed off and they would then be upset at themselves for having a reactionary emotion and it's like there's a difference between, yeah, just allowing yourself to logically process versus feeling. And when we do that, when we're not open and honest with ourselves, that's where it shows up. It'll show up in where we're triggered. It'll show up in our behavior. It'll show up in like, I think people don't even recognize when they have those attitudes of like, oh, I don't care. I'm done and I don't care. But there's a lot of like spitefulness and upset yeah. in that I don't care. And it's like, well, you know, it sounds like you do. But yeah, and it's, it's a really interesting thing. I always tell people, if you just write down every day, how do I feel? Just ask yourself, how do I feel? And it may be hard at first to tune into that, but if you keep asking yourself consistently, yes. how do I feel? At some point, you will start to 
tune into that, but man, what that that exercise was really powerful for me because like you said, for some people, it's not really very easily easy to break the conditioning that we have to actually like check in with ourselves and say, how do I actually feel? Because if you were to ask me two years ago, how do you feel? I'd be like, I feel strong. I feel powerful. I feel happy not really like checking in. I didn't even have the internal resources to be able to do that at that time. It was like the logic of my mind was like, well, this is how you need to feel. This is how you should feel. This is how a good person would feel. It was beyond my consciousness at that time to be like, oh, well, there's another way to do this. And it's okay to like feel those things and then choose otherwise. But we can't, it's like we're choosing in the dark or we're repressing those things and then those feelings are controlling us anyway, right? Like you said, like we're triggered and that sense of anger, resentment or whatever, jealousy is controlling us in our reactions, but we're not choosing it. It's just, it's controlling us. We're not taking control of our minds. Well, honey, I have to say, I mean, I have to point out, you really are one of the strongest women. It's one of the strongest people that I have encountered. I mean, one, yes, even in physical strength, honey, you are no joke, but (laughs) you are like just the willingness you had to be vulnerable and to let yourself cry and to let yourself break down. And then all the work that you have, you've consistently shown up for yourself which in of itself takes a lot of courage takes a lot of strength and even then to share so openly with people like yeah you know I was trying to be perfect I thought I had it right and this is where I messed up and this is what helped me it takes so much courage to share that with other people so I mean like when I tell you my heart beams when I think of like being able to be a part of your journey, watching your journey, everything that has gone on with you is just astounding. But you also bring up this point, and I want to make sure I ask you about this before we go, the strength and vulnerability. Because I think a lot of times we are afraid to tap into that because of the weakness. Like we're afraid that it makes us weak. We'll fall apart. I will be out of control if I feel anything and I have to hold it together. Uh, but have you found any strength in vulnerability? And oh. what would you say to people who think it's, you know, a fear of being weak? There is no greater strength than allowing yourself to be real and be honest with yourself and to feel and to sink into a place that's uncomfortable. Yes. I wouldn't call it <laughs> bad or low. I wanted to say like low, but that's not even what it is. It's just uncomfortable. Yes. And the only reason it's uncomfortable is because we resist it. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, fear is really just like that, that sense of the unknown. And once we allow ourselves to feel and we experience the broad range of emotions that exist, and we can overcome that and say, oh, and now I have the power to choose how I want to feel. Yes. That's when we come into true power is when we choose our emotions from a place of consciousness, from a place of full awareness, rather than letting what we don't want to feel actually control us beneath the surface. So I think it is the greatest um, sense of personal power that I've ever felt. Um, You know, I always looked for my source of validation from the outside and from approval from other people. And honestly, um, I don't know that I ever would have started 
to break that pattern had I not learned to trust myself and trust myself to just be real and feel and, um, you know, the inner trust, like really what started that it's interesting was learning Reiki and learning how to use my intuition and tune in and tap in and use all of my senses. Um, it kind of started there and it just kept going and, um, it felt really like, I didn't think that this was where it was going to go, but it is the most rewarding journey that I've ever been on. Oh, that is so beautiful. Yeah, I, it struck me too. You just said using all of my senses. Um, someone just recently asked me something about that, like how do they get to know themselves or become more aware? And I'm like, start paying attention to your sensory. And they were like, like my intuition. I was like, all of your senses. Pay attention yeah. to what you see around you. Because so many times we're so disconnected and not tuned into our environment, let alone tuned into ourselves. But um, another thing that you said was about how it is very uncomfortable when we're in resistance. And I think that's another good one to highlight for people because sometimes we don't recognize we're the ones amplifying the discomfort because of how much we're fighting against or resisting feeling, changing, acknowledging all of these things. And when you do finally just like surrender and you don't have to get knocked down to surrender, you can make the choice of like, okay, what am I yeah. feeling? What's going on? What do I need to be responsible for? Take accountability for it. Admit to myself. Yeah. Again, like you said earlier, it's uncomfortable, but yeah. it's, a lot easier when we stop resisting our own growth. The one thing that we keep saying we're seeking, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. The resistance thing. Oh my goodness. It is just, um, you know, you don't really realize how much we try to seek control over every aspect of our lives until we start to like let go little by little. It's like, wow, I was trying to control everything. And yes. I spent so much time and energy trying to control things that are not even like within my control whatsoever. Right. Trying to control other people, trying to control other people's perceptions of me, trying to control like every element of how things were going to work out that like were completely out of my control. Yeah. And it's like this, the fear of, well, what would happen if it all started to fall apart? Well, you know, sometimes the universe just like let makes things fall <laughs> apart. And then like, yeah, like we don't want to be in that place to have to learn to surrender. So if you're watching this, yes. <laughs> hasn't started to fall apart yet. Like learn that gift of surrender now yeah. before you're in a position where, where you have to, but you know, surrender can be, it can be a really beautiful experience. Like not only for our own internal power, but a connection to whatever the energy is that's bigger than us. Um, yes. like I, I grew up, um, very religious, but I don't think I ever had a very, like, I wouldn't consider myself spiritual. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will say that like the trust that I have in myself and in something bigger than me, I never dreamt that it could feel so real and yeah. so personal. And that has been one of the most beautiful gifts ever. Yeah. I think that's the thing. It's the experience of it because it really is. I mean, as much as we share and support each other and, you know, talk about these things, there are some aspects of it you just truly can't articulate. And what you just said reminded me of the tower card in tarot. Like a lot of people see the tarot 
the tower card and they get freaked out like, oh no, destruction, like what's happening? But I think of it as like such a gift because if we resist and resist and resist, at some point the universe is going to step in and just like pull that rug from under us, but it's to benefit us. It's like to help us move forward, whether we're kicking or screaming, but we have choice. So I know that you are doing so much beautiful work. I know in the past you're working a lot with women. Um, You do online training, you do in-person training and consulting. I mean, you have just, you even do, I've learned and dove head first into astrology. I mean, you, it is just amazing all that you are soaking in. So for people who want to work with you, connect with you, learn more about your work, your stories, even where can we find you? My website is kesleytweed.com um, or check me out on Instagram. It's at Iron Gypsy Life. Iron Gypsy Life. By the way, I love that name, Iron Gypsy. Like, it's just like so you wrapped up in a pretty little bow, Iron Gypsy. Um, and do you want, or because I know like in your own life, again, like how we started off in this, like you do have a lot going on in your plate. Like you have some aspects of life that are very traditional, but then you also have, you know, you're showing up in the spiritual essence of who and what you are in your truth and vulnerability in every leg of your life. Um, Is it more, do you have the time to work with people one-on-one or or is mostly what you're offering right now? Is it I do. Um, okay. I have a group coaching program that is about 20 amazing women and we dive into a topic every month. So there's always more opportunity for that, but I am working with people one-on-one okay. um, Reiki coaching. I'm not doing as much in the fitness space right now. Um, I do help a lot. You know, if people want to work on body image and healing issues around their body. That's my journey. I've been through that. I love to work with people on that. So yes, absolutely. Still taking one-on-one clients and group coaching clients. Beautiful. Okay. So everyone, be sure to connect with Iron Gypsy and go to KesleyTweed.com. And in fact, there will be links, of course, to Kesley in the show description. So you don't have to scramble to try to write it down and remember, I got you. But thank you so much, honey. It has been an absolute pleasure. I'm very thankful that you came to share with us like where you have been and where you are now and of course like a year later i want to check in again and see what's been going on for you but thank you so much for sharing your light and experience with us thank you thank you for all you do yolanda this is how i found you (laughs) forever be grateful for reiki radio and for the work that you do and for just who you are in your light oh thank you so much babe and i'm sure behind the scenes like listen we have to plan and get together because I would love to do something together like 2019 the Aquarians we're coming for you we're coming in (laughs) I love it okay honey I'll see you soon today's show has ended but there are more tools available learn how to access your free gifts and work with Yolanda personally by going to yuchi.com the link is provided for your convenience in the show description And if you find value in the podcast, remember to share your love by leaving a review on iTunes. We'll see you next time. Remember to always journey in love.